0: It was important. We have a. a no, it wasn't,
1: Scott. Nothing is more important at this point than our viewers, which you are neglecting.
0: I'm back. All right. I'm back. Turn
1: your phone over so that the back is facing you.
0: Happy? Yes. Okay. Hey, what's going on, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff, Dave and I are going to talk about steroids. But you guys already knew that. If you guys have questions for the next episode, comment below. We will tackle them then. Thank you guys for all your support, comments, likes, all that stuff helps to boost us up in the algorithm. And hey, if you are new here, then welcome. I encourage you to hit the subscribe button, the bell, all that stuff, because we have several bodybuilding podcasts coming out each week, different hosts, IBD pros and coaches from the industry to help you be better at this sport that we love. This week, we're going to talk about stacking Primo with your master on test. We've got a couple guys that are getting weird side effects from their batch of Anivar. When will we see the next revolution in PED? bringing up weak arms primo for older guys and ball on a cut should you do it there's got to be a bunch more we've got timestamps below oh and one more thing I want to give a special shout out to everybody who is supporting our program on patreon we've got links to that and our sponsors true nutrition and supplementsource.ca guys let's get to the program I'll just jump into the questions here okay um his opinion on stacking primo and mast around currently on seven hundred tests, seven hundred primo. Uh would adding three to four hundred milligrams of mast be worth it in an off season growing phase?
1: This is becoming more and more popular. Um Adam? and there's not there's not yeah, it's very popular over here. There's not particularly anything wrong with it and, and stacking primo and mast is fine the only thing you've got to be wary of is the impact that that's going to have on estrogen levels.
0: Hmm.
1: Now, in this case, test is, what, 700? So yeah. it, it won't be an issue and would potentially easily be managed by adjustment of any AI that they're currently using. But um, when the test doses are a bit on the lower end, I've seen a few people where their estrogen is just way too low. Hmm. Because of the addition of of primo and mast into a cycle, I can so the only real negative, the only real negative there is the the, the lowering of Eastern to a point where your test level is not high enough to support a decent Eastern level. This becomes much more significant when you do primo with
0: TRT. What do you What do you mean?
1: Well, because TRT is generally so, what there is a trend towards is running TRT levels of test. And then adding primo in as an extra, the idea being that because it's so mild in its impact, that long-term use of it in a TRT scenario is not going to be particularly negative. Mm. The problem is that if it's genuine primo, there's a strong chance you're going to lower estrogen to negative levels, because you're very limited to where you can run your test level because it's a TRT protocol. That makes
0: so sense. a lot of people,
1: a lot of people think that by adding primo, they can get away with increasing the effective anabolics and the TRT yes. by going to Primo for the extra anabolic, not realizing of how impacting true Primo can be on these three levels.
0: Hmm. You also can, I mean, one of the positives too would be on a TRT situation would be that you would also though increase your free test. So I could see there being some, some value, right?
1: There is, but obviously if you're, when you look, so if someone's, What a lot of people have done is they've got a testosterone base for T and it's a sensible testosterone base and it's keeping their their bloods there or thereabouts in range. They don't want to increase testosterone because they're concerned about the increased dose of testosterone causing more sites. So instead, they add in Primo. The problem there is then that Primo can then lower the estrogen side of things so low that it's impacting. So... If you're going to, you know, when you add pre-motorcycles or add master cycles, uh, you just need to be aware that that is going to cause a reduction in estrogen. Uh, And obviously, if it's a growth phase, if estrogen is too low, you're not going to grow. Yeah. If if it's a TRT or maintenance phase, if estrogen is too low, you're going to have quite impacting side effects from the point of view of libido, joint pain and things like that.
0: That makes sense. Um, we had a question about the, like the direction of gear in the future. I'm going to pull that one up. But while I find it, here's another one we had. I'm going to guess this guy is from the UK because he uses the word dodgy. I like that word. We don't say that in the U.S. Dodgy. Hi, both. Ulf. Wondering if you know why when I take 50 milligrams of Anivar, I'm getting heavy eyes, hot flush, blocked nose, and... My friend has the same anivar, and he is also getting the same effect. Could it be a dodgy batch?
1: Not necessarily a dodgy batch in that there's no anivar in it or that there's something in there that shouldn't be in it in a sense. But it would appear that you are obviously getting an allergy reaction. So there is a compound in there that your body does not like. Um, And the fact that your friend has the same reaction would then suggest that it's been the filler used is something a bit odd or, or just Hmm. generally not tolerated very well.
0: Yeah. Weird that they're both getting it. You know what I mean? Cause it's weird. weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you get, you get intolerances, you know, in, in people have intolerances to all sorts of different things. Yeah. Um, and generally what's used within cycles, um, is usually okay for most people, but I mean, we've seen ourselves. People react to carrier oils. People react to benzyl alcohol. You know, they can be sensitive and end up with welts and stuff from injections and things like that. sure It's no different to an oral. You know, there's an additive in that oral that's used to bulk it out, but you're sensitive to it. It will it will cause an allergy reaction, which is what they're getting.
0: Yeah. Have you ever? The online noticed-
1: line is they need, they need to change it. I mean, it's just no good for them.
0: Sure. That's a good point. Have you ever noticed personally the difference between a generic med and a brand name medication? And I'm not just talking steroids. I'm talking about you know any medications you've used through your life.
1: No, because I've never actually used that many medications in the sense of – so like I've never been one – I haven't used Viagra. Even when I was using, I didn't use it. Uh, I used a bit of Cialis for the pump effect, never really got anything off it, so I never bothered again. Um, I never used pain meds, or, or rarely, and if I did, they were prescription anyway. Um, so I've never really had that much experience with a genetic version of any medicine I might want to take. Hmm. Uh, aromasin, sort of anti-oestrogen-wise, generally, to my knowledge, they were pharma. Well, doesn't mean they were like, but to my knowledge, they were.
0: Yeah, well, I, and I mean, though, like we have... Pharma that is like like a like well take Viagra like you mentioned there'll be the brand name Viagra and then there'll mm-hmm. be the you know variations same drug but by you know off brand companies and it's usually cheaper than and that happens after you know the um, the patent has expired on it but uh, yeah I, I've seen um, it I've seen it in myself and I've seen it in others and I've seen it with medications like T three that uh, I've seen different T3s affect people differently, people that actually needed it. I'm not talking about like bodybuilders. Yeah, it's not
1: something I have any personal experience with, so I, I couldn't
0: tell you to be honest. All right. Yeah, I was kind of leading you. Yeah, I was curious to know because, I, like I said, it was something I had seen myself. All right. So this is something else that came up. Get rid of this guy. S95, we answered a question for him last time. He says he has another one. The future, what is the future of PEDs? Is it possible that it's going to be legalized in the near future? Also, uh, are we going to see any new revolutionary PEDs on the market in the future or athletes will continue using the classic stuff? Since I'm a newbie, I don't understand why something new hasn't come out. Would love to hear guys talk about this.
1: But loads of new stuff have come out. Yeah. New stuff comes out all the time. Think about it. Peptides, psalms all relatively new compounds within the last 10, 15 years. Um, The uh, diabetes fat loss drug.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's relatively new. Um, So there is continued development towards steroids themselves as in anabolics there's been very little virtually no development on anabolics since the 1960s there was a few that were synthesized post that time but the vast majority were synthesized very very early on a lot were never used a lot never made medicines a lot were just research exercises and you'll get now and again where labs will go back and find old compounds that were promising in studies and you know get the raws and start producing the drug as a as a a drug, but generally there isn't much development in anabolics in the sense of anabolic androgenic steroids where we do and where we are seeing development is in myostatin manipulation. There is still a huge amount of development there as yet. They haven't come up with a compound. They, they haven't come up with a compound that works properly but they have come up with versions that are reasonably uh, effective. Um, other drugs, I, I think future-wise, we're probably going to move towards more to genetic manipulation.
0: Uh, yeah, I could see that.
1: I yeah. think that's where things will go. Um, I mean, really, I suppose my starting manipulation is, is is a step very close to that. I would think so. Check, you're, you know, you're changing the regulation of muscle mass in the body by altering certain compounds and I can see I can see developments coming there uh, you've got to remember that the, the, the drugs that we use um, performance drugs aren't driven by performance they're, you know the scientific companies aren't looking into making compounds that improve performance yeah there's for one there's no money in it yeah um, what what they they're looking for is drugs that treat medical conditions uh, and obviously, a big driver for, for muscle building is muscle wastage disorders. Sure. So any condition that causes muscle wastage disorder or any condition that has a muscle wastage as a side effect. I mean, DECA was heavily, heavily trialed in the treatment of uh, AIDS patients hmm. for, for their muscle mass loss because of the disease.
0: Yeah. I've heard of them um, using Anavar. So, I know they use a lot of growth.
1: Yeah. And, and so this is where these things these are driven from. So it's medical research in treating medicinal problems that drives the drugs forward. And then our industry, those that are on the the sort of front lines, will pick up on what's going through research, what's going through trial studies. And then that filters into the industry. And and sometimes it can take years before it hits mainstream. Sure. I I mean, Psalms were talked about for a very long time within a select few before the rest of user population sort of got their hands on it and now salms are incredibly mainstream hmm. uh, you know a, a, a large number of supplement suppliers carry salms. yeah more well, your independent ones i get that but they still do peptides is another area that that's depending on where you are geographically will depend on 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 how invested people are in them so peptides for treatment of medical conditions in europe does seem to be much hold much more value than it does in the UK. Uh, I'm not sure what peptides are like in the states.
0: They're they're pretty readily available through research sites. The you know mm-hmm. the basic peptides that everybody uses. The, the you know the growth hormone secretagogues. The you know healing stuff like BPC and TB500. You know those things are they're, they're pretty readily available. I so, I know that it was like. 10 years ago, man, everybody was really into the idea of the myostatin inhibitors and nothing had really panned out. Uh, but I, I do know a guy, an IFBB pro who's a high level pro. I can't, I can't like identify him, but he's been using them for the past couple of years. He's, I don't know where he gets it from. I don't know what it is, but I know that he's done really well with it. And it's something that he uses for only a short period of time. And then and then the benefits that he reaps from it happen after the use.
1: Yeah, I mean, just to briefly explain what myostatin is a regulatory hormone that controls muscular growth. But it's one type of myostatin. And there is myostatin to control organal growth to cause all sorts of tissue growth within the body and various parts and organs of the body. In the past, the problem has been to be able to selectively shut off the one myostatin that causes. Uh, muscular growth and, and the very early stuff um, was actually causing huge amounts of internal organal growth. Because was it really? Off so so many different types of myostatin. <laughs> now generally uh, myostatin suppressors are a live biodrug which means they're a living thing and generally they use they create antibodies from mice spleens. These are then grown and then harvested um, and that those antibodies are so similar. I believe, I'm not sure how true this is, so this may be urban myth, but I believe there was some experimentation by some bodybuilders in the very early days where (coughs) they used rabbit antibodies.
0: Really? Um,
1: And these worked. They worked very well, but unfortunately they switched off so many different types of myostatin that these people ended up dying because... They, they literally, their organs grew so large within their chest cavity that there was no more room to contain them. Hmm. Um, how true that is, I don't know, but that—that's the problems they've been working against. Has been trying to find a mouse, suppressant suppressant that is truly selective.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, you bring something up too. I feel like, uh, you know, it, it is exciting to think about the possibility of there being something different and new that would work really well. But at the same time, we also don't know what kind of a negative consequence it could have. On the other hand, yeah. the tried and true stuff, the stuff that we've used for decades and decades, you know, there are risks to those things, but we do know what those risks are. Things like Anadraw. we can, we can lay it out and we have on the program, you know, what are the pros, what are the cons? and, you know, I have to wonder because I, I think some people would think about like the guy I know who's using the myostatin inhibitor. I mean, we don't know what that's going to do to him in ten years. You know, and, and he is doing really well with muscle growth. But hey, what else is happening? You know, it's it's not a it's not a risk I'd personally want to take, and I, I wouldn't suggest our listeners to either. You know,
1: there was that was well, very expensive. I mean, it, for yeah. most people, it is cost prohibitive anyway. Thousands, but there was. No tens of in some cases. He's, he's there, at there thousands.
0: Was. He's at thousands for a few week run.
1: Yeah, there was suspect that Dallas may have had involvement, and that's why his internal organ weight was so much greater huh. than to be expected. Yeah, who knows? Um, right? But, but I mean, obviously, the only person that really knows is him. Um, and bless his cottons, he is no longer with us, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, I think genetic modelling is is the route that things are going to go, um, and uh, you know that ability to switch off certain genetic signals to allow basically rampant muscle growth. Um, you could argue that, like with the myostatin stuff, because the way myostatin works, it's sort of non-training specific okay. in that your muscles are just going to grow. You switch off my stat and your muscles are just going to grow. Yeah. Um, and so there is an argument over, you know, is that still true bodybuilding? Is, is that still what the sport's about? Yeah. You know, at what point does it become a chemical war over an effort and exertion in the gym? Uh, and at the yeah. moment most of the drugs we are exposed to still require that initial stimulation from training. Yeah. Which which gives it some level playing field in a sense because to the the, the greater extent you can't buy your physique outright.
0: Yeah, and and where do we draw the line? Because I know that yeah. you know, for bodybuilding, like the idea of getting a bicep implant, for instance. And, you know, that's that's going to cross the line for us. But, you know, where does that where is that line? If you could take a myostatin inhibitor that just made your arms 20 inches, you know, uh, you know, without having to train. I don't know, man. I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, this is the other thing, isn't it? You know, I would love to know genuinely, and this isn't in a judgment point of view, how many current pros or pros within the last two decades have used Synthol.
0: Yeah. yeah I'd be curious. Because
1: uh, and, and we know that it's used extensively. We know that it's used subtly to add those little finer points to a physique. But I'd be interested to know how many have actually used Synthol. And I say that's not – that I, it's just another tool in a box. You know, your personal standpoint on that is down to you as an individual. I'm – I don't know. I'm undecided on it at, at the end of the day. Is, is synth oil any different to anabolics? Because it creates a physique. I don't know.
0: I'd be curious to know what our what our viewers think. Comment below. What are your thoughts on synth oil? My opinion personally is that you, it, it's not it's not like a bicep implant in that you're not going to just boom all of a sudden you have a bicep. And if you don't have good biceps, synth oil isn't going to give you good biceps. But if you take a guy who's already an IFBB pro, then maybe you do create. A little bit more, push it a little bit further, you know what I mean? That would be my thought.
1: There's uh and the other thing is why is synthol so frowned upon but HA so accepted? that What is? H oh, A hyaluronic ask. acid. Mm. Yeah. So why is that so accepted? Yeah. When their method of action is effectively the same. Yeah. Not in how they actually work, but in in what they do. You know, they cause um, localized. So why swell, is one man. yeah? Why is one accepted and one not? That really, I I don't get that. I don't get how. Or would it be that if synthol came out now without having the bad press of mm. people that have abused it and everything else? Yeah. If synthol came out now, would it be more acceptable to the community because HA was actually generally speaking for a lot of people quite readily accepted.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we have a bunch more stuff, including some training talk here. Now, Dave, we've gone into both bicep and tricep uh, technique. So if this guy wants to go back and look at some of that, listen to those, some of those programs, he could probably get some specific tips on training, but he says, um, can you help me out? I can't get my arms to grow. I have long arms that want to be skinny and the rest of my body is developing nicely shoulders chest back legs all promising but my arms are progressing at a much slower rate i feel like i've tried everything i've tried working them twice a week once a week lower volume higher intensity lower weight higher reps higher weight low reps please help me what would you recommend i do the background he's 38 years old He's been training for two years. He's 5'10", 198 pounds, and he started at 162.
1: Without physically seeing how he performs his arm movements, it's very difficult to to say. Um, There is, I mean, I may be jumping to conclusions that aren't true here, but it does sound like he might be jumping around a little bit. But that may not be the case. I mean, consistency is one. If you are long in the limb, um, then it's, it is going to take time to fill, unfortunately. That's just, um, unfortunately, how it is. Uh, but just make sure you're moving over the greatest range and just make sure you're controlling. It's a small muscle, and it's very easy to divert like, load into the front delt, particularly on a curl movement. So I would, uh, for me, arms have always been down to form and strictness first then wait and i'm not saying you shouldn't push heavy load but never at the cost yeah um and i found that moving over the greatest range i possibly could initially was difficult and initially caused some forearm problems as things got used to moving correctly but once i got through that initial three four week period of getting everything moving how it should do then i found that the greatest range with control and consistency, but then also effort, you know, really taking them to grinding failure and the group. But I
0: I suppose I was probably
1: slightly genetically
0: gifted in that department as well. 24s? Is that what you had?
1: 26 and a half. 26
0: and a half. Good God. You know, just to kind of translate a little bit of what I'm hearing from you too and reiterate it, um, you're almost saying, it sounds like you're telling us This is a technique issue, though, not as much because he was saying he was talking about the split, the frequency, you know, that kind of stuff, the number of reps. But you're talking about take it back to your actual technique. How are you performing these reps?
1: Hmm. The problem is what you find with small muscle groups uh, or small muscles. Um, So delts is another one that's problematic, particularly lat raises. Um, a bicep again Now triceps do get incredibly powerful So you can With a tricep movement Actually get to the point Where you are moving some tremendous load um, Bicep's not so much um, But at the end of the day You're talking a very small muscle Yeah And if you look at that muscle proportionally So if you say right here's my bicep Bear in mind that the bicep Is worked in your back work to some extent um And I'm gonna do 20 sets on it. So your chest is what three times your bicep in mass.
0: Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'll take that.
1: Yeah. So, so are you doing 60 sets on your chest? Yeah, yeah. And and that's where people get it. I I personally think get it a bit mixed up. It's not that some people might not need more volume, but start with the basic. Start with doing it strict. Start with pushing to true failure. The amount of people that send me videos on when I ask them to send me their failure sets, and it's like, but you didn't actually fail. You stopped the set because you thought you couldn't get another.
0: Yeah, or you thought you did enough, you know.
1: So that's that's not failure. Failure is when you fail to complete the set, the rep.
0: Yeah, and it's you uncomfortable. Know, and
1: it, it, it's horrible, but it is. And the other thing that people are very quick to do as well they get so focused on achieving a rep number that it yeah. starts to become at any cost yeah now if I do five straight reps what I don't want to do with my sixth rep if I'm going down off the bottom of my fifth rep and I know I'm not gonna get that six rep it's just you know it took me everything I had to get the fifth I know the six isn't going to come up I don't then think right let's throw. I start strict and I go as far as I can and I keep trying to pull that weight up Uh, and I'll, I'll spend a couple of seconds there trying to move it before I accept that the rep's not going to be completed. Yeah. Um, and I get more stimulation out of that than I will with a big swing to try and cheat that rep up to get my six rep. Well, you haven't done a rep, you know, you haven't done a six rep. So what was the fucking point? And all you've done now is throw your front delt into the moment or your lower back if you're standing curls
0: <laughs> yeah i would agree with that and then and then from there if you wanted to get more reps then your next option is just reduce the weight a little bit for the for the you know the following set right? yeah, yeah exactly
1: yeah exactly um but it's all about progression and progression comes from that spearhead of failure yeah <coughs> But with small muscle groups, it's so easy. Like with yes. a medial delt, it's so easy to throw load onto your anterior delt.
0: Yeah, yeah. In in those smaller muscle groups, they it's are a, getting it's hit a, a lot, lot
1: harder. Mm, they are. Yeah. You know, every, every upper body movement goes through your delts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you'll see too people that you yeah, know I people that will have say a stronger dealt, you know, and you got to think that I, I think here's the thing. Let me go back to his question. And he said, he's been training for two years. So he's tried all of these things, these different uh, techniques, but it has only been two years. So he's only had so much with all respect to him, you know, he's only had so much time to experiment. And you did say too earlier, is he jumping around? If he's had two years to experiment, I mean, that gives him enough time. Let's say he tried something for three months, something else for three months. What do you say if we're to try to put together a plan for him that for this next, whatever, 12 week period, he made the focus getting the most out of he could with his technique. And then, I mean, do you think, you think 12 weeks would be a good time to evaluate?
1: I think 12 weeks should be enough to assess whether you're seeing a response. Yeah. Okay. Um the other thing is how are you tracking response? Because it's so easy to to lose you know, we you wanna look at you wanna look at pictures, you want to look at measurements, you wanna look at performance and look at all the planes of response rather than just
0: one. Yeah.
1: Um you know, client said to me today, i I think I've gained a load of water weight. All right, but they've lost five pounds in a week. Yeah. So obviously what you think's happened and what you think you see in a mirror is not what's really happened because you've dropped five bloody pounds. So you've not gained water weight. You've lost weight. Uh, and, you know, we are influenced by so many perceptions. Um, you get, you'll get it. Clients, especially you say, oh, my arms are shit. I want to get my arms. And you looking at the pictures going, actually, that's a fucking good set of arms. Yeah. But they've got a twisted perception. You know, we all have it to some degree. We None of us look at our physiques correctly which is where second opinions help and photographs help because you look at yourself in a different way in a photograph than you do in a mirror.
0: Yeah. All right. We got a great comment here. I like this idea. Uh, I love the outdoors says I want Scotty to come to England and Dave rents out a camper van and takes him around the UK visiting not only gyms, but to Yorkshire pie and fish and chip shops. Like Max and Patty Peter K series. Uh, Scott, YouTube, Max and Patty trip to nowhere. I like the sounds of this. And spoiler alert, Dave already has an RV. I'm on my way, Dave. Let's do this. Me and you, bud. No. Around the country.
1: It is hot enough putting up you for an hour and a half a fucking week you think i'm gonna <laughs> put up with you for days on end you've got no chance i'm
0: i'll get the i'll get the tickets together guys we're gonna make this happen it'll be yeah. good all right um let's see bring, what else we have Bring time scott for.
1: stevenson with you at least i can have some intelligent conversation hey now
0: hey now well, i'll bring victoria <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, you can bring things but you're all going outside of rock, you know,
0: coming in. <laughs> hey, what's going on, guys? I'm going to take a brief moment to shout out our sponsors. I'll make it quick, but this stuff's super important because it's our sponsors that help to make this show possible. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. And if it wasn't for you shopping with our sponsors, we wouldn't be here either. You can support our programming by shopping with truenutrition.com. They're our title sponsor. They've supported us for a number of years. They have awesome health and performance supplements. You can ask Skip or Dusty or Scott Stevenson all about true nutrition and they'll tell you how good of a company they are. Hardcore bodybuilders have trusted them for over 15 years now. Use our code THINK. You'll get some savings. You'll support our programming. If you're in Canada, you can shop with supplementsource.ca. They have highly discounted supplements, discounts on bulk orders, and free shipping over $99. Check them out. And finally, you can directly support our programming on Patreon. I'll have links below for Patreon and everything else. We're taking more questions over there, and I appreciate everybody who's already helping to directly support our programming through our Patreon. Alright guys, thanks for hanging with me. Let's get back to the show. Um, What about, okay, for us older guys, how about Primo with TRT? This kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, so the the, the I, I personally don't understand this obsession that seems to be developing with TRT in the sense of always wanting it to be higher. Yeah. Um, I accept that my TRT keeps me in range, and as a result of that, my sex drive isn't phenomenal, and, and I get shitty days, and I don't always feel brilliant. But to me, that's life. Um, I understand that when you have the ability to take something that you feel is going to improve the quality of your life, then there is an argument as to why wouldn't you take that. Yeah. But with all these things, there's a price. And, And obviously, the higher you run your TRT with whatever combination of drugs, the more you have to watch your health markers and the more you have to be aware of blood blood thickening and HDL lowering and everything else.
0: And as we said earlier on, the
1: biggest issue with Primo and TRT is that it drives estrogen too low. Yeah. And people people look at Primo as, oh, I can take as much as I want of this drug and it ain't going to cause a problem. Not strictly true. Yes, it is mild. Yes, it is nowhere near as harsh as, say, a compound like Tren. I mean, they are probably polar opposites when it comes to impacting health. But it still has an impact. It is still a DHT, you know what I mean? And it can still create issues.
0: Sure. Issues could include uh, more of an impact on your cholesterol. It could include more hair loss, uh, prostate enlargement, things like that could be an issue. But let me ask you this. What about some of our people that tend to run higher estrogen uh, while while on TRT. Could that possibly be something you could mix in uh, to keep even control yeah, estrogen right. for the good? Um,
1: to, to some extent, there is valid argument to look at either MAST or Prima uh, as a form of mild estrogen control. But this only really works. Well, that's no, not true, actually, because it does work in a cyclic environment as well. Uh but you know it it has to be in, in in relative. So I mean I had literally somebody three days ago come for a consult and they were running TRT and they'd added in 150 milligrams of primo and it had tanked their estrogen. Really? So yeah, so like anything, you've just got to be careful and you've got to be aware of the effects these compounds are having. But there is there is very valid argument to running Primo as a very mild form of estrogen management and in some cases it can be very, very useful. You know, I've seen some off-season cycles with Primo and Mast with a moderate dose of test and there's no need for an AI and you're getting more anabolic, which is what you want in any way. Um, and if you can do that without having to add an AI in, great. It's one less chemical you don't need to run. It's one less stress on the body you don't need to deal with. So, you no, know, it has its place Where I would be reluctant is if somebody was saying, and this was banded around quite a bit a couple of years ago, right, so I'm on whatever your cycle was, and the estrogen's a bit high, and then people saying, right, add in 600 megaprima. Mm. There I'd start to draw the line. I, I don't agree with adding in more anabolics to control estrogen, but I do agree with your choice of anabolic in your total cycle having that secondary impact and where he can help manage
0: each of Yeah. All right. Got a nice comment here. Just figured I'd pull that one up. Just out of nowhere. Oh, Dan. Oh, Danny 29 says love trend. So damn good. Just forgot to share that with the group. Although uh, in our Bye. live feed, Jamie says uh, trend is pure poison always affected my breathing and made me extremely aggressive where other anabolics did not seem to have this effect as severe.
1: It's very person-dependent, but yeah, I mean, that is typical trend reactions.
0: Um. Uh, From the live feed, last Renegade Muscle, leap Priest mentioned that you can run D-ball while cutting. Was curious as how you'd eat while doing that. Now, if I remember when he said that, he wasn't suggesting, like, a good cutting cycle is d-ball i think it was in the context of saying like you can really cut on any steroid you know yeah
1: you can because the the issues surrounding what we term wet drugs or aromatizing drugs yeah. which are then generally avoided in a cut phase is because they convert to estrogen elevated estrogen in, in, uh, promotes fat storage and water retention however if that estrogen is managed you don't get that negative impact. So then it isn't really a concern. So if you take D-ball in a cut, as long as you're managing estrogen, there should be no issue. Yeah. Obviously, DHT drugs can have secondary impacts that are quite useful. Obviously, Anavar has a mild impact within your thyroid function that will increase T3 levels, which is obviously going to move towards better fat loss. Um DAT in general is going to lower estrogen further, which again is going to aid with your fat loss. So there are there are pluses there, but really theoretically you can cut on any compound on the planet as long as you manage its sides correctly.
0: Yeah. All right. Thoughts on berberine while on TRT at two hundred milligrams a week. While eating a slight calorie surplus on a lean bulk, training is consistent, four-day split, um, forty-five to sixty minutes of cardio on non-training days.
1: He looks very smart, as Alfonso.
0: It's funny. He asked a question on one of the other shows, and uh, Skip said that if he weren't straight, he would totally yeah. It was so he. You're the second person to comment. He's definitely
1: not floating. He's definitely not floating my boat in that way. But,
0: <laughs> but yeah, he's, he was on one of our. I remember in his previous comment too. He said like he he does like a lot of like cross training. He, I can't remember what it was, but he is like really fit into athletics outside of just bodybuilding. Mm. So thoughts on berberine though with TRT on a, a bulk basically?
1: No issue with it whatsoever. I think it's a good idea. I think managing your personal your natural insulin sensitivity is, is is a very good idea, and berberine will do that very very nicely.
0: Yeah, I'd say just watch your progress. You know, for some people, it you know if if you don't need it, if your insulin sensitivity is already good, if you're only in a slight calorie surplus, you know just just watch to make sure that you're still growing. You know,
1: now, the only the biggest thing I see as a negative for berberine is usually upset stomachs. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it does seem to affect people quite adversely when it comes to stomach, uh, which if it does, you've just got to either lower the dose or get rid of it completely, depending on how severe your reaction is.
0: Yeah, I've seen a lot of testing uh, with berberine on much higher doses because, you know, he's talking about 500. That'd be like one cap in general. And I've seen studies being done more like on 1500 a day. So 500 would be a good entry level point.
1: I I like 200, 250 per meal.
0: Yeah, that'd that'd be nice. It'd be a good start, too.
1: Hmm. That seems to be generally quite well tolerated. And just just helps, just keeps things a little bit sharper.
0: Yeah. How about, uh, speaking of D-Ball, what do you think of Oral, such as Anadrol, on the beginning of an off-season blast cycle? You know what I think about this. Well, I know you like Oxy.
1: I love Oxy, I think it's a, a great compound, uh, but I also like running orals at the back end of the cycle.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not doing many, I don't suggest, nowadays, man, I'm not as big of a fan of orals as I used to be. I used to be more I, likely to add them in, and nowadays I feel like, oh, do we really need to, you know, in a lot of cases?
1: I like I like orals at the end. Um, I like the flexibility they pose. I don't like front-loading. I think the concept of front-loading is completely wrong. I think all you do is create a massive counter-reaction from the body and stress it beyond belief. Yeah. Um, And then you have to try and go through the rest of your cycle in that stress state where I would rather put a minute at the end to give a little boost as we're coming towards the end of the cycle where things start to get a little bit complacent and, and levels start to get a little bit flat. Um, and that, that way, if there is any adverse impact, you're coming straight off into nothing, so your body gets a break.
0: How much uh, but, D-ball does Christmas Cabbage use?
1: So his last cycle, he did 20 mega D-ball a day and uh, 10 mega T-ball.
0: Fair enough, that's good. Nice. Yeah,
1: he got some very good leaf off that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Pump question. I rarely get pumps at the gym, and I was wondering if you knew why this was. 13% body fat and have been lifting consistently for 13 years. My fasting glucose levels are normal in the high 90s, and I have tried doing low-carb diets for a few months and didn't see a big difference in this. Recently, I started taking 5 IU of Humalog pre-workout with about 60 grams of maltodextrin, 40 grams of Hydra Away and one to two teaspoons of salt pre workout and pump products pre workout. I still barely notice any pumps. Do you have any suggestions? Muscle mass seems to be much harder to put on, whereas I put on strength easily. And I'm seeing this as a, and I'm thinking this is a significant factor in that. Wow, this is a weird one.
1: Um usually with lack of pumps I would say look at insulin sensitivity look at maybe a GDA yeah those sort of things um I I personally don't understand the obsession people have with pumps I get that people want to feel good when they train uh but I, I don't see why a pump. Play such a significant role in that i used to find pumps annoying <laughs> they irritated me because they got in the way of actually performance um but i get that you know some people like that feeling and like that fullness the other thing would be to review his training is is it more down to how he's training he he, he says that he gains strength quickly is that a byproduct of his genetics or is that a byproduct of his training you're on your phone, Scott, and trying to look like you're not.
0: <laughs> I just got a, a weird text, and I had to address it quickly. No, We're you good. didn't
1: have to address it. I've got um, team texts that I should be addressing, but was, I'm not doing because you shout at me.
0: It was important. We have a an no. It wasn't,
1: Scott. Nothing is more important at this point than our viewers, which you are neglecting.
0: I'm back. All right, I'm back.
1: Turn your phone over so that the back is facing you. Happy? Yes. Okay. I'm watching your
0: hands. (laughs) Um, We had one of our other listeners had a similar question uh, last week about not getting a pump. I mean, this guy, both of these guys, this guy's been training for 13 years. You would think, like, it sounds like something's changed.
1: What i hey, I've, I've taken on clients that have been training for fucking 30 years, and it's like, really? What do you mean? Well, you know, if you've never been shown different ways to train, and you only know one way, you're only going to train one way.
0: Yeah, but I wonder what's changed. I wonder if there's anything in his life, or because I'll tell you what. After I had gotten the virus, uh, I didn't get a pump for like the next six months, and there, like, I couldn't figure it out, and there was some weird stuff. And and I'll tell you what, man, I I, I agree with you that like a pump isn't the be all end all, but if you get a good pump, it helps you with your mind muscle connection. I feel like I get a more satisfying workout. I'm more connected to what's happening. I feel just like more connected to my body, man. I feel like the pump is important.
1: For some people, it is. I'm not. I'm not disputing that. I didn't. I didn't mean it to come across that I have a thing against pumps. I don't. I just it's never, never a priority for myself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, but yeah, no. I mean, I, I get that. You know, if, if if that's the element of training that you enjoy, then it becomes a very important aspect. Because if you don't enjoy it, you ain't gonna fucking do it, are you?
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I mean it's weird (laughs) because you'd even think like he's used five units of insulin, even if he was, even if he had insulin. I mean his fasting glucose is in the nineties, so it's not bad, it's not terrible. But you'd think that no, it's it's not really either. No, but you'd think that even if he didn't have like if he if he had some issues with insulin sensitivity. Even if then if he used actual insulin, that could help him overcome it because now he's got that like abundance of it. You know, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I would have expected something to happen on five, um, but maybe not that significant, depending on where he is. Yeah. I say it, it's unfortunately it's one of them where you really need to see the training as well before you can pass proper judgment or comment. Sure, so.
0: okay, we'll do one more here: resting heart rate. Question for the next week, androgens and and resting heart rate when I'm on TRT. My resting heart rate sits between 60 to 75. But as soon as I'm on cycle, test only 500 milligrams, my heart rate stays around 90 to 100 beats per minute. My blood pressure is normal, and I have a job in construction, and I'm in an energetic dog, so I am not sat around all day. Uh, Is the high heart rate something to be concerned about anything i should do
1: so yes anabolics will elevate heart rate but that is not uncommon um it is very much person dependent as to to what impact or how high that elevation will be so you have with managing heart rate one of the things with managing heart rate is heart health and one of the things of heart health is Hard cardio. Okay. Um, now, I appreciate that he's saying he has a physical job. But if that physical job isn't pushing his heart rate high, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. If that energetic dog isn't pushing his heart rate high, then it doesn't matter. None, neither of those activities are going to benefit his heart health. So if you want to benefit your heart health, your heart rate needs to go up. You need to work your heart. Uh, And staying sub-130 is not going to have a huge amount of impact on heart health. It will increase calorific burn, but it's not going to do a huge amount for heart health. So um, even though he has a very physical job, if it's a physical but steady exertion role, so his heart's never elevated, and if the energetic dog doesn't get him puffing and panting, then he's not really doing anything to benefit his heart health. So in that case... Though it's probably not going to be great because he's already very physically active and as a result is already going to have a huge calorific burn, he sort of needs to add in some hit cardio.
0: Hmm. Try some but hit cardio. He,
1: he may be able to combine it with going a much more short rest duration in his actual weight training. Um, so his weight training becomes much more cardiovascular.
0: Okay. Oh, we got one more here in the live feed. Uh, what are the risks of Chinese gear?
1: Well, most gear is Chinese. Getting
0: huge. That's one risk.
1: Um, people seem to have this downer about Chinese gear, and it's not necessarily so. The Chinese, you know, you can say what you want, but generally they do a pretty decent job. Yes, they do sell shit. Yes, they do sell cheap knockoff crap, but they also do very good quality and you know that pharmaceutical gear that you're getting from your pharmacist? Chances are the raw powder came from China.
0: No, nah, I got it from CVS, bro. It's from America.
1: Yeah, yeah. From the raw powder that was made in China.
0: But from because, America?
1: No. Because China is the biggest manufacturer of raw hormone powder in the world and supplies most of the pharmaceutical industry. So, <laughs> you know, this this Chinese raw, is. Probably what most of pharma shit is made from anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, but controlled, right? You know, like it's got the stamp and all that. You know?
1: Yeah, but the, the the fact is that it's the same fucking factory that's kicking out the UGL roars. Yeah. It yeah. just doesn't go through license, you know, licensed channels.
0: Okay, here, I got a good analogy. How about like you hire somebody to do some work on your house? you either go with, like, the licensed contractor or you go with the guy who used to work for that company and he does a really good job, you're probably still going to get, like, good work done on your home, but you don't have the guarantee. How about that?
1: Yeah, there is that. So I would have gone more that the equivalent is the guy that works for the branding that does it on a Saturday day on his day off. Yeah so you've got exactly the same person exactly the same service you just don't have the manufacturer's support if there is anything wrong
0: yeah or insurance probably you know
1: but then you don't yeah um obviously with a prescription drug you do have a level of quality assurance there from both the the pharma company that's put that product together and the retailer that supplied you with that product—that it's going to be what it should be—and if you have problems, you do have recourse. Yeah, but you know, unless
0: oh. if you get a roof done and it's good, then who cares who put your roof in, right? Mm. I don't know. Full of analogies. Ah. <laughs> uh. uh.
1: I don't hate you, Matt, at all. I dislike you intensely, but I don't hate you.
0: <laughs> Vincent Ford said, "I'd be. Where is it at? Here it is. I'd be more worried if Dave loved you." <laughs> Vincent knows us. He knows you, Dave. I don't know what he's talking about.
1: I actually, I do have a uh, uh, Miss Tanya Miller.
0: Yes. She made it today. I will
1: quote, yes, I will quote, listening from work, a.k.a. the exercise science lab, too bad it's not muscle minds.
0: What? What? (laughs) Too bad it's not muscle minds. Oh, my God. I'm so excited I got to see this live show. Too bad it's Dave Crossland.
1: Yeah, oh, shit, it's David Scott, not Scott and Scott.
0: <laughs> she does like, she likes, she, she likes Scott Stevenson a lot, I guess.
1: I like Scott Stevenson a lot. He's a very clever man.
0: <sighs> that wasn't very nice, though. That's all I got to say.
1: I'm hurt. I, I'm actually hurt. I, I feel upset. I do feel I need a quiet room where I can get in touch with my feelings.
0: Well, we'll, we'll give you that space because the show's about over here. We're about done. Uh, oh,
1: going to use Christmas cabbage to, to point where I'm
0: hurt. Oh, she says, meaning it would be more relevant.
1: Oh, don't backtrack now. You've you've done it. Your words are out. You've upset us. She's don't trying start to... trying to make it sound better now. Yeah, no, she's no. Like, yeah,
0: no. I agree, Dave. I think we knew what she really meant. We knew what she. I really think meant. a
1: barring. I think a in order.
0: <laughs> banned. She's banned. Oh.
1: Or maybe just a public flogging. I don't know. Maybe we'll just let her off with that.
0: So, Dave, how's your uh, New Year's going so far? You, you know, we we were talking about uh, trying to do some better business stuff and health stuff and all of that. How are you? Are you off to a good start?
1: Work started very busy, um, stupidly busy. Um, that's not been without its problems. Um, that has. Made it hard, um, so my my heart's taken a bit of a batter in these last few weeks. Hmm. Um, this week's good. Uh, back end of last week good, but prior to that, I, I well, let me put this way: not this Monday, but the Monday just be gone. My resting heart rate didn't drop below one hundred and sixty-four.
0: Yeah, when you told me that, I was concerned, man. How how is it now?
1: So it's fine. It's fine now. Um, cool. So there's a there's it's been – I'm still juggling with trying to find a balance for certain things. Uh, the problem we're going through at the moment is we're, we're trying to make EVAL much more staff-dependent and less dependent on me and last. but that is a slow process, that conversion, and at the moment it means you know a lot of back and to in and throwing with, with staff in regards to where mistakes have been made and correcting things and trying to get them to where we would like them to be operational-wise. Um work is good. I can't really grumble on that front at all. Um I have started my cardio. Oh, really? And uh, yes, um I so I I have a stationary bike which okay. uh, I've started doing regularly. Huh. Um
0: really? And, uh,
1: and training's training's you yeah, know it's, it's not very
0: really I... mean? Hang, uh, Hang on. Hang on. You got it in the office? Oh, there it is! I see it.
1: That's a nice looking
0: bike there. That's a Peloton. Why don't you face it the other way so you can like look around outside uh, while you're doing your? It is bike. facing
1: the other way. It's facing. It's facing not gender, oh. Just a big screen.
0: I only saw the handles and the screen. I gotcha. Yeah, so the
1: the screen is is obviously the Peloton element of it. But uh, nice. So yeah, doing that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's 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 fine. I think it was a. Uh, we were really busy before Christmas, and then I wasn't well over Christmas. Possibly COVID, I don't know, but it was really? similar. If not, if not, just a shitty cold, but quite a bad one. Um, I've discovered I need my CPAP again, so I'm back on my CPAP, which is actually making a huge difference. Good. Uh, but I think effectively, what happened? I've been running on adrenaline for so long, uh, mm. and when I finally start the CPAP and start to relax, it just hit me like it's on the bricks.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, but you yeah, know things are good. Uh I'm not complaining, mate. Things things are good. But I had a couple of weeks where it was hard slog
0: Good. Well, I I'm I'm glad that you're feeling better, man. You got to take care of yourself. We uh we got to keep you around.
1: I'm not dead yet.
0: All right. Well, listen guys, if next. you uh, next. next next what?
1: Next week maybe. All
0: right. We'll look forward to that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll get a message of Scott's sake. can you die live on air? Because it'll be really good for ratings.
0: That'd be really good. I, But the question would be, if that actually happened, uh, do I have your permission now to put that out? Because I don't know how damn I right. feel about it. Would it be okay?
1: Damn right. Yeah, can I monetize
0: right. it? Is it okay if I monetize that one?
1: Without doubt, mate. Crack right. on. If you, if you can make money out <laughs> of my demise, oh, God I Dave. am very happy for that.
0: Oh, God, Dave. All right. On that bright note, guys, if you're in the UK, check out eval. Uh, what is it? Is it evalbloodanalysis.com? It is .com. It
1: is, yes.
0: All right, cool. And, of course, go to crosslands.org.uk. You can reach out to Dave over there for coaching. Hit me up, at gmail.com And uh, check out our sponsors, which I've already mentioned earlier in the show. Oh, and I didn't mention Patreon, guys. I appreciate everybody who's supporting us on Patreon. Leave us questions for the shows over there. Uh, David Crossland, it has been a pleasure as always, and chip chip cheerio, my friend. Au revoir. Oh, that was classy.